G'day. Hey. Welcome. Another late night special. This one is the late night with James and Dave. (laughs) We talk like we were uh, still on radio. Hmm. I don't know how we used to do it. Like we we'd probably go till like ten at night. That's for for people who like work just normal hours. That's like delirium hour. Totally, yeah. I mean, I think that's how we got through radio, just being mm. in a delirium and popping a couple of tunes in the middle of it. Mm. But uh, you're listening to Static with James and Dave. This is uh, our first episode of 2022. Um, mm. Intro provided by our good friend Tom Tom. That's his song Dirty Dozen playing there. And uh, what sort of dozen have you been in, you dirty? <laughs> oh, what? What's the last thing I did that was somehow involved with a dozen? You like eggs, don't you? I like eggs. It's, I've been off eggs for a little bit. Not not for any reason. Wait, wasn't it eggs that you were allergic to? No, you no, thought it was, it was I eggs. I thought it was eggs. It was blueberries. Oh. I would like eat a couple of blueberries while I was cooking eggs and then I'd eat the eggs and then feel horrible. <laughs> Curse those go, damn go. eggs. Because like those were two things I was just eating every day. I don't even know why. Like, blueberries aren't, like, they're not amazing. Like, yeah. they're not bad. I don't know how you feel about blueberries. I, look, I, um... What's your favourite berry? Go. Oh, raspberries are pretty good. Raspberries are good. I've gotten on the raspberry bandwagon recently. Well, um, Shanae actually just bought uh, my, my girlfriend for those uh, out there in Listenland. Mm-hmm. Um, she brought some raspberries the other day and I was like, Actually, I haven't had raspberries in so long outside of like some sort of dessert that's like raspberries and cream oh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, some sort of... Um, I haven't had them on their own, I guess. I've had them in smoothies and things. Mm. But um, yeah, on blueberries, I think they're very overrated. Mm. People talk about a blueberry muffin, but a blueberry muffin is just you being disappointed that you didn't get a choc chip. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a poorly lit room you probably think you're up for a couple of chalk chips and then you just uh met with some disappointment disappointment i feel like blueberries are like out of all the berries they're the biggest gamble i've had more sour blueberries than i've had any other berry (laughs) strawberries maybe a close second yeah okay i I do love love, a good strawb oh i love strawberries especially like when you go picking them (laughs) like like you get the fresh stuff yeah some of the um some some friends went out to one of those um, strawberry farms up north. Mm. And, uh, you know, you see the signs on the highway and they're like, pick your own strawberries and, you know, however many you can hold for $6 or, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know the local going strawberry price. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, please don't use me to invest in strawberries on the stock market. I was told. <laughs> James specifically said strawberries were going up. <laughs> um but they, uh, they stopped by this farm. They're like, oh, yeah, like, hell yeah. Um, and they walked up to the, I guess, you know, the house or the main, like, shed. And we're like, hey, can we just, like, walk around the, you know, field and pick some strawberries and we'll give you some coin? And he's like, no. You can buy the strawberries, but you can't pick them. And it's like, what? Yeah. I thought that was their whole deal. I don't know if this was the farm that, uh, that advertised. I'm sure oh. the farm that advertises would probably be very for you picking them because then they save on labor. But this other place yeah. was just like, how dare you touch my strobes? Because mm. like, I've been to a couple where you can pick your own. Like, yeah, I don't know. 
Like, surely you're not eating that many dollars worth of strawberries while you're picking. Like, I know some people do that. Well, like, you'd have to eat a lot. And, like, you're not going to... Like, they are such a good deal. (laughs) It's like, I feel like the level of ridiculous is best explained by, like, cartons of uh, mangoes. Or like cases of mangoes. I don't know if you've like. Are we talking about forex or real mangoes? <laughs> no, like real <laughs> fruit mangoes. Okay. Fruit mangoes. You said carton and mangoes. Yeah, and I, I'm, I know. I'm mixing up the, I'm, the lingo. I'm thinking of the old Milton mangoes. <laughs> no, like, um, like we went on a road trip and like you go past country towns and they're like, yeah, buy a whole like box of mangoes, twenty five bucks, and they're usually like two for five dollars, mm. and there's like uh, like twenty mangoes you're not getting through that and for you to try and rip that person off by stealing them <laughs> like they're they're making you steal them for 25 dollars a box yeah pretty much that is a steal mm-hmm. so like who who's the garbage guts that's going through picking strawberries that are like making these people hesitant i don't know <laughs> sorry i just haven't heard the term garbage guts before garbage. you've never no i love I... garbage guts it makes me think of... It's like a garbage disposal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> I just, I've just never heard that. It's um, it's like I saw a video the other day where they were, um, someone was saying like, oh, my boyfriend said this, um, oh, it was calling tomato sauce dead horse. Oh, yeah. And they were like, surely that's not a thing. <laughs> and, you know, asking everyone else that has heard that, it's just like, are you kidding me? But you know the great thing with that kind of like lingo and slang is that if you haven't heard it, but you get the joke or you get the reference, you're not going to admit that you've never heard it because you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's, a, that's an old classic. I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're just one of those toss spots that's just like, oh, look at me. I know everything. Yeah, I know everything. And you're like, calm down, champ. Know it all, know nothing. Well, I was having a chat with some friends about some of these the other day. Apparently there's some like very typical Queensland ones yeah. that um, hadn't been heard before. Like, Head like a sucked mango. That's a classic. Yeah. Uh, face like a drop pie. Yeah. Face like a plaster's radio. <laughs> There's a lot that are involved with people's looks. <laughs> and uh, to think that, you know, uh, we like to pride ourselves on acceptance and <laughs> being girt by sea. Girt by sea. Those are our two things. <laughs> um, yeah, no, a lot of them are kind of insulting. Um, we've got... Uh, you know, you go down to the servo and have a rat coffin. Oh, yeah. That's which a is a sausage roll. Um, you know, it's kind of assuming that all sausage rolls are filled with rats and that is where they die in a nice bed of pastry. <laughs> <laughs> and then cooked at 300 degrees for 48 hours before someone purchases it. <laughs> I swear the heat is part of the taste too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of foods where the temperature is the taste. <laughs> Yeah. You think of um, like hot chips. Totally, yeah. If you get hot chips and leave them out, they are just rancid. They are chalk. Yeah. Put them in the fridge, they're even worse. <laughs> See, Horrible. this is a... I had a debate with my old housemates. I think you might have been involved in this um, shortly after it happened. But uh, we, we got... Um, Actually, I'm, I'm just going to say it because it's a, a bloody good fish and chip shop. It's Dang's Takeaway down in, um, what's that, Grange or Windsor on the north side of Brisbane. Yeah, okay. It's run, it's run by this family and um, 
the most generous serving of chips you will have mm. in your life. It's like when you were a kid and you'd, you'd have like $3 for the minimum chips. Mm. But that $3 could feed you, four friends, you know, yeah. a couple of strays that just came in, <laughs> you know, your parents. It could feed everyone. I, I remember a time where there was no minimum chip fee. You could just ask for $1 or $2 worth of chips. And just because oh. they liked you, they'd just give you a heap. Wow. Like roll it up in the butcher's paper and yeah, like you say, like you'd feed a whole, you know, family. What a controversy. I've, apparently, I've never been on the good side of a fish and chip shop person. <laughs> I used to love it. I used to like... Put that on your resume. I, it, it probably depends on what else you're ordering because one of the places I'm thinking of, I used to also buy deep fried Mars bars. Oh, true. That was incredible. So they're probably like, we need to, like, this kid's getting diabetes. We're, we better give him some cheap chips so he doesn't come <laughs> back and try and sue us. <laughs> Look fair. Um, I, one thing, I love local fish and chip shops. They're, um, they're kind of like a staple of every community. You know, hmm. if your neighborhood doesn't have a little local fish and chip shop, then it must just be really isolating and you must not know what to do with yourselves a lot of the nights when it's dinner time yeah. and you're like... Oh shit! I have to actually cook for myself. It's a it's a very like foundational establishment for a community. Yeah, but it I swear like, I as good as they are, I'm very concerned or suspicious of fish and chip shops that aren't really near the beach. Hi. <laughs> Which like they probably get their same they, they get their fish from the same frozen warehouse as everyone else. But yeah. in my head I'm like because I'm near the beach, I'm like, Oh, they probably went out and caught it. No, they didn't. <laughs> You're not the first person that I've heard this from. Mm. And I don't understand because I'm I'm just like it's a fish and chip shop. It doesn't matter where, you know, whether it's like fresh <laughs> off the ocean. <laughs> You know, today, or if it's been frozen for three months and it was caught off, you know, the coast of yeah. somewhere. Like, I don't worry how far a KFC is from a farm. Oh, true. <laughs> that's, that's literally the same logic. Oh, there's no chickens around oh, here. Oh, I don't know. There's an inner city KFC. It's probably rats and other kinds of vermin. Mm. I, yeah, that's actually a good point. People have, or oh, you're, I guess, people, you know, two people have said to me, <laughs> you know, I don't trust fish and chip shops that aren't near the ocean. That's so ridiculous. But then we don't think about any other fast food, uh, you know, store that's anywhere near where their supplies are coming from. No. What else? I, I feel like everywhere is pretty far from the food source, really, when you think about it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Usually those farms are, you know, out west. Especially for cattle and sheep because they require so much land. Mm -hmm. Went on a, a road trip up to Agnes Water recently and went past a lot of farms, a lot of like like pine forests and like random fruit trees and probably a bunch of vineyards as well. I don't know what I was looking at. They're all just <laughs> trees to me. Um, this is a field. <laughs> this one, yeah, yeah, that's also oh, can that's confirm it is a field. But it's it's mind blowing like how much space it takes up, but it makes perfect sense, right? Like we're so far removed from where our food comes from. Yeah, and like it's nothing short of like a miracle, a mind blowing miracle that we have like this fruit, <laughs> a whole section of the store that's just fruit. Yeah, especially when fruit like that will you know go off in you know a week. Yeah, it can't stay around there forever. That blows my mind. Um, Actually, I. 
Oh, I should have done my research again, but <laughs> I definitely saw a headline. We never do research. <laughs> saw a headline that was kind of insinuating that in the US, there's more than enough food to go around. A lot of it's wasted, but then a lot of it's just put in storage. Yeah. Okay. Till it can be sold. So it's probably like frozen or I don't know, whatever you need to do. Yeah, true. But, Mm. There's um. Do you remember the guy that did the Super Size Me documentary back in the like early to yeah, mid two thousands? Yeah. Morgan Spurlock. Mm. Um, that's a pretty you know famous documentary where he goes and eats um McDonald's for every single meal oh. for what was it thirty days? It, I or was it longer? Might but, have been longer. Um, but he had it for every meal. Obviously, felt like garbage because there's you know it's not the best food for you. Mm. Um, mm. but. We didn't realize that he has actually released a second film, Super Size Me 2, mm. where he makes his own fast food restaurant. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And it, um, spoilers in case you're going to watch it, maybe skip the next minute. <laughs> um, but if you're interested, he creates his own fast food store from the ground up. Everything, mm. the advertising, the, um, the actual products. He shows all of this in really vivid detail mm. of... You go to marketers to find the logo, the type font, the colors that are going to be used inside the store interior to make it feel more organic, even though you're not saying the words organic or fresh. You're still using frozen products. You're still using, you know, tricks of the trade, Mm. but you're trying to make people perceive it as being a healthier option, Mm. but still delicious, but also good on, you know, um, your wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it goes through all of these details about how they do that. It's really interesting. And even down to the really small details. So, they'll have like a a burger, right? And it'll be a fried chicken burger. Mm. But they won't use the word fried because fried has uh, an association with unhealthy. Mm, mm. Deep fried is oily, fatty, that kind of association. I'll say crispy. Crispy. God damn it. Yes. God damn it. So, then to... Because... um, you know, they're fast food. They they don't have all the time in the world to really, you know, delicately prepare things and really give it 100%. Mm-hmm. They need to, you know, get the order and then literally give you the food as fast as they can. Mm. So they get the frozen sort of chicken um, and they, instead of actually grilling it on a grill and getting those, you know, famous grill marks mm. that you get when you, you know, on a flame grilled barbecue. Yeah, yeah. They put a little stencil on it and then they just lightly brush some like uh, charcoal oh, on top of it to make it look yuck. like it's got that grill. God damn it. But they're completely honest about this. So, you know, the, the opening day comes. Um, he's posted on like his Twitter and things like that saying, hey, I've opened up a new restaurant. Come try it. Mm-hmm. But when you walk in, all of the signage, yes, they use the colors that make you feel like it's more fresh, organic, healthy, but yeah. still delicious and tasty. Mm. But all of the signs on it um, are saying, hey, this is exactly what we do. We put the fake charcoal marks on to make it, you know, look like it's been grilled, look like it's been really, wow, okay, okay. you know, freshly cooked on a, you know, real barbecue. Yeah, yeah. It's really honest. Does it like deter people at all? or are they? No, just... everyone was just like, oh, like, wow. Hmm. The really confronting thing was though, he actually, um, he went out and bought, uh, chicken eggs mm. and he grew the chickens that he then Ooh. fed slaughtered and then f- you know 
turned into turned into the crispy chicken. Turned into the crispy chicken. Oh. And then um, because you know not all chickens look like the stereotypical picture that people want you to look like. You know where they're really cute, healthy. Mm. Because this type of chicken that a lot of fast food restaurants use is um, specifically bred to be quite large at a very young age. Yeah, they grow bigger than they can stand themselves. Yes. So there's photos in the restaurant on in most tables saying, Ooh. here's what your food looked like. And it's a photo, a realistic photo of, you know, the chickens that were growing and <sighs> how they, you know, they didn't look 100% healthy. They looked That's like heavy. they you know, was suffering because they were growing too fast for their body. Mm, mm. Their muscles couldn't keep up. Some of them died from heart attacks because their heart just wasn't able to, you know, support such a large body. We're going deep down the rabbit hole and I'm probably pushing an agenda. (laughs) um, No, it's, it's, it is insane. Like it's, it's pretty gross when you think about it. And I mean, you don't have to think about it too much. I think I, I've, I'd say this quite a bit. It's almost becoming a catchphrase, but it blows my mind to think about how cheap clothing is. Yeah. Like I have zero skills or reference point for making my own clothing, yet I can get a t-shirt for like 20 bucks, probably less. Like you couldn't pay me 20 bucks to learn and actually make a shirt. Yeah. Like you it doesn't take long to figure out that someone's getting a rough deal here. Totally. And like, it's probably, you know, not very often an automated process with machines. No, it's probably people somewhere making it. Like it's a bit dark too, but like, yeah, the, the food stuff is really weird. Like I, I, my tiny brain just can't like grasp it. You know, um, I mentioned to you earlier, like, uh, I've got a friend who like goes out hunting and so they'll like hunt deer and it's really interesting to see what they do. So, you know, they'll take every part of the deer like as much as they can and make the most of it. Like for them, a lot of it is kind of passed on to someone who knows what they're doing. Like they don't know what to do with like the hide, but they'll like try and use as much of the meat as they can. And they like give it away because they're like, this is way too much for me to use. But like the effort that goes into them hunting that deer and then turning it into food and then sharing it with their friends. Like there's a lot involved. And you think about how many people per day are eating meat or eating anything for that matter. My brain just can't comprehend how that keeps afloat. Like in my head, that's like a house of cards. Like I have no idea. I could be wrong because like I said before, that weird article that I read was kind of implying, well, the headline that I read was kind of implying that there's way too much food and that we're overgrowing it. I don't know. Like here I am in my little bubble. I've got no idea. It's very strange. But it's a very ethical way to eat meat is to go out and hunt your own. But hmm. shit, man, I I don't think I could kill an animal and then cut it up and you know see hmm. all the things. That'd be kind of traumatizing. Hmm. It, there's definitely like out of the group of people that go hunting, there's like a few that do the like take home work. Um, you know, the real kind of, I guess, gory stuff for them. Well, they see it as gory and, yeah, I don't know. Someone's got to do it. And like, yeah, I guess you got to wonder, like, is it better to do that? Because he's had people criticize him. Oh, you know, you're hunting, you're killing animals. But like, that's what he says. He's like, yes, I am. And, you know, I only eat those animals that I kill. I don't like 
take the convenience of eating the animals that I didn't kill. I don't know. Yeah. In the the greater sort of, you know, when you take the step back, factory farms are definitely way more messed up Mm. for the ethics of it and the environment as well. Mm. But then it also has become, you know, so big because it saves a lot of regular people who, you know, after their nine to five, we don't want to, you know, finish work and then have to be like, all right, well, I got to go kill something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, what an interesting lifestyle that would be, right? Like, honestly, like, we've been working nine to five, 40-hour weeks for quite a while now. Let's say, like, you know, people in the 80s and 90s were probably doing that too. Along comes the internet and technology and we're still working 40 hours a week. That seems kind of weird to me. Like, out of all the progress that we've made with technology, why hasn't things been a lot you know quicker easier for the, for your work week you know what i mean mm. like we've got to at some point be just making ourselves busy for the sake of it totally yeah and so like i wonder like if your lifestyle was that okay you know work you know i work far less let's say 20 hours a week because i need money for i don't know utilities or something like that but the other part of my week is like hunting and growing food so i just do that at home or I've just got deer running around my lounge room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm shooting them with a Nerf gun, but it's not doing anything. (laughs) You're in your ghillie suit, but just on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But that would be weird. I don't... Like, obviously, that's a pretty weird solution. I don't... I don't know. It's just so weird. I, I think... Like these conversations, they don't really go anywhere for me, but it just blows my mind. We ask more questions than we provide answers. That's what this show is about. Yeah. Instead of calling us static, we should just call it questions. Question time, no answer time. (laughs) (laughs) But because it's just, the weird thing is too, is that you just go back to normal after these conversations. Yeah. Oh, yep, that's weird. Back we go. (laughs) I'm going to, you know... Pop in and get a, a a crispy chicken burger in a large meal with a thick shake on the way home. <laughs> it's yeah. just weird, right? Like, I don't think the human brain can actually fathom what's going on, which makes it all the more weirder that we've found ourselves in this crazy system where it's just like standing on top of the shoulders of giants, but those giants are just really creepy, weird giants. <laughs> <laughs> on the uh, on the working week uh, topic, mm-hmm. I do appreciate um, when I hear stories of companies trialing a or just outright just going, "Hey, we're going to do a four day work week." Mm. People aren't working more hours each day; they're still getting paid for a five you know days of work, mm. but now they get an extra day off each week. So mm. the balance is a little you know more shifted in their favor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in you know maybe fifty years time, hopefully sooner. People will look back and be like, what the hell were they doing working five days? Mm, mm. How can you function and just enjoy life? Yeah. Key is we don't. No. We work a lot. We like exhaust ourselves and drain our energy. Mm. And then we spend the money that we earn on, you know, massages, (laughs) um, nice, you know, holidays, food, comfort. Comfort that we need because we're unsettled from working the hours that we do. Yeah. It's, um, I know like you and I have like 
stepped away from the nine to five, not so drastically that we're like on a commune, but to the point yeah. where <laughs> we're like we're working less than forty hours. Um, we're working weirder hours. Yeah, we we do mornings and nights and evenings. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's a very strange setup. But I've got I've got friends who do the the nine to five, and like for them to do anything like life admin wise, it's just so difficult. Yeah. It's just like yeah. this week I have a, um, like a checkup with my doctor mm. and because we do the evenings, I was just like, yeah, all right, book a morning appointment, yeah. come home, have lunch and then go to work. Mm. I've got a dentist appointment at like 8.30 tomorrow because I don't have to be at work till like three. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I'm honestly surprised that, um, with the surge in, or surge makes it sound urgent, but like with the rise in population, I kind of thought that humans would go on like basically shift work, but for life. I thought about this too, where you like split half of, you know, the population into like an AM shift and then yeah, it yeah, would, yeah. you would solve congestion. <laughs> yeah. It would, um, people could live further away from the city. Mm. So their, you know, their congestion would be less. So something that took an hour w- might now take, you know, thirty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would hopefully <laughs> bring uh, house prices down. Yeah. A man <laughs> can dream. <laughs> fuel might. Uh, actually, I don't know what fuel would do. Mm. Fuel's a wild card. It can. Mm. I paid two dollars for ninety-eight the other day. I'll spewing. Oh, fuel's definitely like. Oh, there's some. There's someone with a really sick kink. <laughs> Naming the fuel <laughs> prices, like you're gonna pay it, you yeah. have to pay it. Too bad. You've seen that TikTok where it's like, um, "All right, is today a bones or a no bones day?" <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe <laughs> it's that dog also predicting fuel prices. Is it a two dollars a day, or is it a one ninety five, or is it a one seventy? Oh god, it, it would have to be. It's just so. Oh, I know it's a lot more complex than that, but I refuse mm. to believe that it's not just a dog choosing the price of the day. Yeah. There's got to be an element of guesswork. Like I'm, I I I refuse to believe that it's a like very strict formula. Mm. There's got to be greed in there somewhere. But um, yeah, I I if you've ever been awake at like twelve o'clock, one a.m. walking around just the streets, it's like dead quiet. Yeah, very peaceful. It, it is good. It is good. It's very like makes the world feel quiet and lonely, but in a good way. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's unutilized time. And meanwhile, you've got everyone on the Bruce at like 8am, yeah. everyone at the same time. Like when you, when you take a step back and look at it, it feels kind of funny. It's like every day we're like, oh, there's too many people here. Okay. Well, there's an easy solution here. Don't go on this thing at the same time as everyone else. Yeah. Oh no, but I've got to go to work at 9am. No, we need, we need bigger roads. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like. Actually, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's such a good point. Like, we need bigger roads for the five minutes that we're putting everyone on the road yeah. before work. I was it's watching a uh, documentary the other day, literally about this. It was one of those, like, mm. mini docs um, about oh, random topics. I think I know who this is. I, I won't say names, but it was very good. Mm. Um, but they were talking about how by building infrastructure... And instead of, let's say, the Bruce Highway, it's two lanes a lot of the way between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast. If we suddenly made that a five-lane highway, like, you know, something that's pretty standard in America or Europe, Mm. yes, that would ease traffic for a little bit, but then 
people would be like, oh, well, there's no traffic and there's a five-lane highway. So I'll take my car. Yeah, why am I going to take the train? Why am I going to catch the bus? Why am I going to get an Uber? I can just literally go in my own car. And then more people use the roads, which just clogs it up again. And then we're like, oh, we need a seven-lane highway, (laughs) a nine-lane highway, 11 lanes. All the lanes. This always makes me think about, um, and I feel like you'll resonate with this, You'll probably resonate with this more than myself. Um, <laughs> but right. like the old corner store, the old milk bar for, yes. for you. For the Victorians um, uh, listening out there, the old milk bar. <laughs> yeah. My local milk bar actually got turned into a um, a church that some media reports are saying is a, actually a cult. Oh. So I'm very sad about that loss of the milk bar because that was my milk bar where you $2.50 minimum chips... Um, there's a there's a good joke in there somewhere about going from milk bar to Yakult bar. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That'll do. That'll do. So package that one up, James. All right, um, we'll do. <laughs> but that kind of like I don't know how much it costs to build a eleven lane highway, but costs like three million dollars to build a small roundabout. What? That is. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Well, I remember but, Top Gear talking about it and they're like, oh yeah, they've got $3 million. No, they had $2 million to build a roundabout in the UK. Mm. And then they apparently took way too long and they're like, oh, hey, council, we, didn't, we need another million dollars to finish it off. And they're like, all right, yep. So it was like three Jesus. mil all up. Ridiculous. Insane. But like, you know, we're, the amount that we travel to get to work and then the solution is make it easier to travel to work. Why don't you bring work to you? Like obviously working from home right now is making that really good. Mm. But like it kind of, wouldn't it be good if you had, you know, everything that you need just around you? You know, you've got your corner store, you've got your milk bar, you've got, I don't know, these little business districts or something like that where... I don't know if I'm just creating another problem, which is like too many Ikeas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm making this worse, but... Um, I think it'd be really hard to... I mean, it's it's kind of like a lot of things. Really good in mm. theory, but when in practice, it's a lot more difficult and mm. cumbersome. Um, especially when you think about like, yeah, you know, midnight and after sort of till that, you know, 4 a.m. mark. Very peaceful, majority of the population are asleep. Um, but it would really mess with your natural circadian rhythm of your sleep and wake cycles. Mm. And evolutionarily speaking, we're not built for darkness. That is true. That we is can't see true. shit in the light, let alone in the dark. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it, yeah, it does ruin you. Like I know pulling an all-nighter and you kind of stay awake till it's daylight. And then once it's daylight, you're like, oh... I'm okay again, but but the, like like <laughs> yeah. I said, that that stint from one till four a.m. That's probably the roughest part of the night to try and stay awake. Yeah, go delirious. But yeah, I, I don't know. St- I like, still remember that time. Uh, this was in what year eleven, year twelve. Ooh. You, me, and Lickman. Um, <laughs> Lickman is our mate, Alan. Um, yeah. Alan Alan Lickman Rickman, hilarious joke. <laughs> Alan Lickman, um, but. We were pulling an all-nighter because we had like a chem assignment, oh, yep. a maths assignment, and I think maybe a music assignment for you and me. So it was a big night 
Alan falls asleep in my um my cupboard at about like maybe one or two, no maybe three a.m. <laughs> it's so weird. Every time I remember this story, I remember. <laughs> Whoever fell asleep in the cupboard as a different person, and sometimes it's, it's me. only three people. Yeah, I know, but it, it, so, somehow I'm like, oh, that that was me, but it wasn't. And then I'm like, no, it was James. And then like, no, it was De-. like when you said it was Alan, I was like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was dead set Alan. It would have been. And so this was oh, obviously way before COVID because I was, you know, really sick. I, I had like we're a... we in the same room yeah. without a mask. Yeah, no mask, just raw dogging it. <laughs> and um, I I was, you know, really like... It was a really bad cold. I'm blowing my nose all the time. I'm like in a, fuck, you know, a delirium kind I've, of thing. I've... I've uh, leading up to that, I had never thought you were a psychopath. <laughs> but you looked at me and you're like... I just need a nap. And I was like, James, if you fall asleep now, you are not getting up. And you just, sure enough, you just drop dead. And with it, like a half an hour later, you just, beady little eyes popped open and you just started typing. You didn't even look at anyone. You just straight into typing. That is psychopath behavior. <laughs> I'm just a, a sucker for pain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a masochist. Oh. Um I love that story because oh. it makes me seem way more strong and powerful than I really am. <laughs> um, it was the virus taking over. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really sick and I yeah just passed out. But I also remember you went to the bathroom and Alan and I were just like, "How can we mess with Dave?" <laughs> and we hid the word uh, trumpets in <laughs> in your assignment. Oh. And then maybe like half an hour later, you're re- rereading it and you're just like. What? I, re- guys. I was like, guys, you won't believe how tired I am. You know how we were talking about trumpets earlier. I must have just wrote it as you were saying it. And you guys were like cracking up laughing. And I was like, yeah, that's right. It is funny that I wrote trumpets. And you guys were like, no, we put it in there. I, I, I am still... It was the shittest joke. It was, it was I, garbage. I am still that naive to this day. I will, I will just straight up assume that I've done some weird delirious sleepwalking shit if someone tells me i'm like oh yeah that checks out whatever i think it's a quality it makes you a very genuine and humble person <laughs> makes me very easy to gaslight too <laughs> but that must have been you hear that people don't gaslight dave <laughs> um, i'll come for you uh, that that was probably about the time that we were um watching tim and eric and and between two ferns because mm. i'm pretty sure that's where the trumpets thing comes from yeah, if you're not aware of those shows, Between the um, Two Ferns is a like a very awkward talk show mm. um, with Zach Galifianakis, who interviews a range of celebrities. They've had it's, Tom yeah. Cruise. Um, They've had Obama. They did too have Obama. That was, that was insane. Um, I, I, Will Ferrell, mm. um, Paul but, Rudd, a whole bunch of people. But it's like, satire and yeah. it's just painfully awkward but what's funny is like you can like they have to edit it so that it looks so awkward and occasionally they'll leave a smirk in or a giggle that they'll like mm. cut the audio on um but there's another show comedians and cars getting coffee yes with jerry seinfeld yeah and he i love cars mm. i love coffee I love Win-win. comedians. It's, it's got everything that you need. 
In saying that, though, I, I do like comedians, but, oh, man, stand-up comedy is something that I am just, I struggle with. Really? Yeah, I remember you always talking about, like, Bo Burnham. Oh, um, and iconic. Well, it wasn't Jimmy Carr. It was someone else. No, I'm not a huge Jimmy Carr fan. Yeah. And, look, I, I've now come to appreciate Bo Burnham a lot, mm. but I, I really struggle with a lot of stand-up comedy unless it's, like, very, like... Detailed storytelling. Ooh. Did you did you ever watch James A. Caster? A. Caster? No. Great storyteller. It's very good. It's it's similar to Bo Burnham and that it all kind of links up eventually. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's the sign of a good comic is the the linkages between the stories and the callbacks. Yeah. That's probably why Jimmy Carr for me is like I'm like, yeah, it's funny, but it just doesn't engage me in the same way. He's very fast. Mm. All mm. of his jokes are just like bam, done, bam, done, bam. Yeah, yeah, very much one-liners. Yeah, actually, the the one one-liner comedian that I absolutely love, I can't remember his name. It's like Mitch Hedberg. Hedberg, yes, yes. Rice is really good <laughs> when you're hungry and you want to eat a thousand or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing. He's very um. What would you call that? Slapstick, almost. It's very dry. Dry. It's very um. I don't know. If you like King of the Hill, you'll like Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. That's a good point. That's Very good point. dry things where you might be waiting for the punchline. You're just like, uh, I think that was it. <laughs> it 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 registers like it's that delay, that delay that makes you feel like an idiot when you're like ticking over trying to get it. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely <laughs> love that feeling. But yeah. Um, Zach Galifianakis was a guess on... Comedian in, comedians in cars getting coffee. True, I have not seen that one. And so they, at the end of the episode, they did a Between Two Ferns oh. episode with Jerry Seinfeld. That would be wild. And for some reason, Cardi B was also on that episode. <laughs> what? And so like they would get Jerry to move along and like they'd interview Cardi B and just ignore Jerry Seinfeld the whole time. <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. I'm going to have to go and watch that. It sounds amazing. Delightful. I've I've been I've been slack on the watching stuff. Mm, it's hard when off. you you know we have jobs, we have personal mm. lives. We're in the middle of a pandemic where we're constantly thinking about where am I going to get my next toilet paper from? Mm, where's my next rat coming from? Yeah, I that's I I can't remember if I said this to you the other day, but there's definitely there's sentences that remind me that we're living in the future mm. every now and then, and I find them really amusing. So. Um, one of the sentences I heard recently was like, um, rats are the new toilet paper. Yeah. Like same rules apply. Like you, you go in, you get them, you clear out of the shop. Yeah. What um, what kind of sentence is that? Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. To those who aren't aware or are listening to this in some sort of time period where rats are long forgotten. Um, rats are the rapid antigen tests for COVID-19. Mm, mm. Um, essentially like little swabs that you chuck in your nose and mouth and then it tells you whether you're positive or negative. Mm. Um, so there's a website now called like findarat.com, <laughs> something like that. It's, it's kind of like um, it's just a big map and then it tells you where people have reported that rats are in stock. Mm. So, um, the other day we we're just like, oh, if we can find some, it'd be good to, you know, have one or two just for my partner and I, mm. um, 
trying to avoid, you know, the the panic thoughts of like, oh, I need twenty, oh, I need thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We totally don't need twenty or thirty. We need two, one each. Mm. Um, so yeah, we went on the website, and there was two places in all of Brisbane that had reported that morning that they were available. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going out to the shops anyway. I'll just swing by one of them and suss it out. Um, mm. Oh, my God. I got there. People everywhere? Yeah. So. What was that? So we should probably explain. This is future James and Dave talking now. Um, <laughs> uh, when did we record that? That would have been like... It was like two or three weeks ago, huh? Yeah. Oh, but I, I have no sense of time. Look, we've, it's been a long time since that, at least two or three weeks. <laughs> but it's James and Dave together again. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense to anyone listening to this because you're just hearing this as one semi-cohesive episode. Mm, yeah, it's like we've just cut to an intro. You probably think that your Spotify is just messed up. No, this is still the same episode. Mm. Um, we, had to, we, had to, we had to stop recording. Yeah. Because of that large noise. <laughs> so, Dave and I were recording that night um, and it was... Uh, Dave, you were over at uh, my place with my... Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I, where my, me and my girlfriend lived. I lived, I'd lived. Parked, parked the poo troll. I'd parked your partner in. She couldn't get her car out. Yeah, and she felt really bad about uh, coming in and knocking on the door to let us know that... Um, she had to go out mm. and she was just like, oh, you know, I've, I've driven James's big four drive once before um, and I'll just, I'll just drive him and, mm. you know, I'll just deal with the anxiety of driving such a big car. And my, my four drive is massive compared to her car. So I, mm. Mm. I understand where she's coming from. It's a pretty big shift and mm. it's probably the biggest car she's ever driven or, you know, not been the passenger of. Because it's, it's easier to go to a smaller car. It, it feels funny, but it doesn't have the same anxiety of going to a bigger car. Yeah, totally. Because you've like you've got it you've got it mapped out in your head where the boundaries of your own car yeah. exist. But going into someone else's car, it's completely new. You've got to create a new map. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Actually, it's easier to go to a small car because you're always like, oh, it's a little go kart. Yeah, yeah. But if you go to a big car, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna hit like letterboxes. I'm gonna yeah. run into people. I don't know how to operate this thing because it feels like such a you know it feels like a semi-trailer truck mm, in mm. comparison to a normal car if you're not used to four-wheel drives it because i i've had that feeling once driving this um work truck when i was laboring and it's like an irrational thought but you have this feeling that you'll be driving where you normally would in the street but you'd be mounting the gutter you just have yeah. like this feeling of the car is way wider than is actually possible and yeah. so obviously you're dealing with like like an irrational idea like that. It gives you a hell of a lot of anxiety. Yeah, totally. So Dave and I were recording and um, just talking shit as usual. Mm. And we hear this, you know, massive bang. And it's because uh, my partner, God bless her, I love her so much, Shanae, <laughs> um, had, she was sitting in my car and she had messaged me, but obviously I'm so, you know, engrossed in our shit talking that I didn't see it. And she's like, hey, I'm taking the car. Um, I'm going to push through the anxieties. Wish me luck. Mm. And um, 
our driveway is not very big, but it's on a little bit of a slant. It's steep. Yeah, it's quite a steep driveway. And um, she accidentally put it into uh, drive rather than reverse. Mm-hmm. And I remember she said she was like, I'll, I'll put it in reverse and I know it's going to roll forward, but that's okay. I'll just make sure that I'm ready to accelerate out of it. Yeah, because so, of that like, slope. Yeah, of course, being in drive... Yeah. Had, had the opposite effect. Yeah. So she uh, drove forward into the garage door, which is like one of those, uh, like I live in an old Queenslander that's been renoed. Mm. And um, it's got those like 1960s, <laughs> 1970s style uh, tilt garage doors. Oh. The two individual doors, mm. um, which are directly below us where we're recording right now. Mm. So the sound just... You know, picked up really well. Yeah. So Dave and I dropped the mics. I accidentally hit play on Spotify, which is why oh. Tom Tom's music comes back in. How convenient. Instead of pausing the recording. So, oh, of course. Yeah. So there was some that little, some nice hold music there. I was very pleased with my reaction. <laughs> there was no reaction. What was that? There was just what a delightful <laughs> curiosity I had. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. That and then just me going. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. I'm speechless. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. we literally dropped the mics, run outside, and we spent the next, like, probably 40 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, just like putting it, putting the door back together. And- yeah. Sinead, my partner, was so um, distressed about. Um, Understandably. Yeah. Yeah. She was so distressed about hurting the car and then the actual damage to the garage door. But. I kind of couldn't give a shit about the door of the car. I was worried about her. Mm-hmm. I was just mm-hmm. like, holy Which shit, I, are you okay? I Like the feeling that you experience in a situation like that, like to give it a, a, a similar kind of thing to compare it to. Have you ever like, I usually do this. I used to do this to stir up my apprentice. I'd, act as if I was about to drive forward, like, okay, let's go, put it in reverse and then drive really fast. Because when you're expecting to go forward, whether you know it or not, your body will kind of accommodate to the feeling. Yeah. So like if you're expecting to be pushed back into your seat, you'll kind of lean forward a little bit. So if you reverse, you double up on that and it like throws you around a bit. It's quite unsettling. Like yeah, it's, totally. It's a gross feeling. It's like when you go over a um like uh a like a peak, a crest in the road, whatever they're called, and you get that butterfly feeling. Mm. It's like that, but it just messes your head around. So to be launched forward when you're expected to be launched back into something, fuck that. That would have been terrifying. Yeah. Uh, she was pretty stressed. Mm. Um, and, you know, the worst part of it all was, you know, not the damage to like the, the car or the door or anything, was that she still, um, not that she really, you know, had to, but she still felt this real um, urge and need to have to go and drop uh, supplies like food off mm. to our friends who are, who were isolating because they had COVID at the time. Mm. So it's like, shit, you know, this has happened, but I, I need to do this because they can't leave the house. They've got COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, so, pull, like so many different things pulling in different directions. Like it's... Yeah. So you and I, Dave, we tech screwed the, the door back together so it'd yeah. be semi-secure. 
which it has stayed like that for the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, you can fix anything with a roofing screw. <laughs> you can. And then, yeah, we went uh, for a, like a, what was that, like 9 p.m., 10 p.m. run to 7-Eleven to pick up some sandwiches and drinks mm. and stuff for our yeah, yeah, it was. friends that were isolating. And <laughs> I think that was quite good in retrospect because it um, not only helped the people who were isolating, but also... Um, uh, Sinead put into words that um, then, you know, at least the whole door and the car wasn't for nothing. Mm, mm. So I, and, and I see that now. Yeah. And there's kind of an answer to that feeling of what the, what the fuck fixed this kind <laughs> yeah. of, you know, like, okay, well, something's been done. My body can kind of calm down now. Yeah. Do you remember the conversation we had on the way to the 7-Eleven? It was no. like, so we were like, where's the closest 7-Eleven? And then the next comment was, oh, maybe we could go somewhere else. And that sparked a heated debate about servo feeds. Oh. And how 7-Eleven is, look, I'm calling it top tier servo food. Yeah. What did you call yourself that night? A uh, connoisseur of the uh, the servo sanger. <laughs> I probably said a, a servo feed fiend or something. No, it was connoisseur. Yeah, you. I do. I, I do. remember the connoisseur part, but I can't remember the other parts. <laughs> I do know my uh, my servo sangers. <sighs> Look, <laughs> see, I'm I'm getting caught on my words because I'm really conflicted here. Seven mm. Eleven easily best sandwiches, mm. but BP pies are to die for. You know those places that are like, oh, best pies, oh, yeah. they're, they're homemade, and then you get them and it's like gravy. Yeah. And there's like little like bits of mince, like not even steak, but little bits of mince. And they're like, oh, it's the best pie. No, it's not. Go to BP, you will consistently get a chunky steak pie. Yeah. And look, maybe maybe I'm swayed by the consistency. Consistency and texture are like really important parts of Oh, no. I, food. Well, that, but I also mean like every time it will be a good pie. Oh. It's not like, oh, we got them on a good day. No, no, no. They're out there every day yeah, putting gotcha. in the hard yards. I find it interesting when um, businesses are like, and it's not just pie stores where they're like world famous pies or, you know, world famous fish and chips. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> when I've been international and, you know, you, you meet someone and you're like, oh, I'm from, you know, Brisbane. They've never said... Oh, do you go to that pie shop? Yeah. Do you go to that fish and chip? And it's just oh. like, okay. It's my my favorite is always like um, number one pies or something, and and you're like, like it's such an empty statement. <laughs> yeah, Brisbane's number one. What does number one mean? That could be like, it could be street number, like yeah, <laughs> you know, one Smith Street. It could be the first choice. It could be the first option on a shit list. <laughs> Number one, that doesn't mean anything. But we like, are number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally an assumption, but it's an empty claim. Yeah, true. Like when people say like, um, oh, you know, the, the finest furniture. It's like, what does that even mean? Finest? Do you mean like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's the finest. But if you analyze that statement and you think about the, f- think about furniture that, you know, the I'm not talking about like people who are well off, but people who are just like ultra rich. You see like MTV cribs kind of thing. Mm. Um, you see those videos on um, like YouTube and like those lifestyle channels mm. about like these rich and wealthy people that have this whole house and they'll have like four living rooms. Mm-hmm. And you look at the couches 
and you're like, oh, yeah, like it looks very aesthetic. Mm. But that looks like the most uncomfortable couch or the most uncomfortable chair I have ever seen. And that is a very big indicator that you never actually sit down in that. Yes. So you've paid seven grand for a single chair. That you've never used. Yeah. But you take photos of it for Instagram to be like, oh, I've got this one of one (laughs) custom chair. Cool, man. Oh, okay. We're going to go into a conspiracy, I reckon, here. (laughs) Hit me. Chairs. Let's do it. Chairs. I don't know. Like... Any other product that had such mixed reviews would be gone. I feel like chairs are just mediocre at the best of times. You give me the comfiest chair, it's still not comparable to lying on the ground. Yeah, fair. unless it's like really um, like when you go camping and you've forgotten like a swag or a... <laughs> You know, a yoga mat or something, and you're just like, man, I just slept on a pile of rocks. <laughs> but if it's like, mm. there's so many times, especially during uni, where you're just like studying, and then you're just like, all right, I'm just gonna lie down on the carpet and yep. stretch my back out. Yep. And then you know, 50 minutes later, you wake up and you've got drool coming out of your mouth <laughs> onto the carpet. You're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I've got carpet imprint all over my arm and leg <laughs> and my well, face. That, that's that's a. I think you've just highlighted a great point that I'm trying to make, which is you sit in a chair long enough, you go, oh, I need, to, I need to lie on the ground. I've never gotten up from the floor and gone, oh, I need to sit down for a bit. Give me a chair. <laughs> There's a great ne- point. Never, never. <laughs> but honestly, like, you, there's so many... I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get how chairs have become such a, like, staple. Like, why, all... have, why haven't we moved to, like, floor cushions? Or... Honestly, floor cushions would be great. You know what? I, I can't even think of another option because big chair has brainwashed me so much. <laughs> I just think chair's the only option. I would love to be at work in a beanbag. Mm. Just, you know, everyone's chilling in beanbags. You know, you can move it around to like sort of fit your posture and your, you know, style. Yeah, yeah. And especially there's a beanbag behind me that's oh. got this like faux fur cover and I love it because it is so soft. Therapy in a beanbag is definitely like, you're going to sit in that, like, you, so you're going to walk into the session. Okay, you know, h- how are you feeling? You know, tell me tell me about your problems. Okay, well, uh, sit in the beanbag. I can't remember. I cannot remember. <laughs> Did you cut me off? Sorry, I hit the microphone cable. That's right, we'll trim it. No, we won't. We're leaving that it That was there. right on a punchline too. <laughs> That's why we're leaving it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my I was going to make the beanbag noise. I was going to move it around oh. and make it sound like this. <laughs> was it worth it? No. No. Uh, no, it wasn't. It is now. Um, the I, I can't remember how far I got to the punchline, so I'm not going to repeat it because that's... Oh, I hate doing that at like... Nah, do it. No, 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 no. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> you know when you're at like... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you're at like a, a social event, a party, whatever, you get to a good part of a punchline, someone trails off, someone starts a new conversation, you lose your audience. Mm. I learned at a very young age, do not rewind and repeat that punchline. All the magic is gone. Totally, you, yeah. You can't just drop a punchline. You, you need the build-up. You need yeah. the whole story, the whole joke. And if you're like, oh, that's the funniest bit, just let me repeat it because they missed it. Oh, that's going to ruin it. Yeah, look. Ruin it. 
You're not wrong, but I'm now reflecting all, all the times in my life when I've then gone back and <laughs> done the punchline because apparently I'm just like, please give me attention. Oh, it's a strong urge though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, um, oh, the first thing that came to mind was blue balls. I was hoping I could think of something <laughs> a little bit classier than that. But <laughs> it's just like, it's a real, it's an itch. You need to scratch it. You need to come back for that punchline. Mm. Look, this uh, this episode has gone on for fifty seven minutes now. Oh yeah, we sorry. should probably wrap this up. Um, but this has been another episode. It's been a very uh, weird one because mm. we had to go do some, um, I guess, some hardware and some carpeting. <laughs> I'd be interested. <laughs> what do carpenters carp- carpenters call their like work? Do I do carpenting? Like. <laughs> It's funny because I know exactly the word, and it surprises it surprises me that you don't know that. But then I Building. also no no fixing. But I also know that it's not like a common word. Carpentry. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh God, it makes so much yeah. sense. <laughs> but does it though? I'm no, a it doesn't. And does it, I do carpentry. I like carpenting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm penting in the cars. <laughs> carpentry. I suppose it's like archery as well. I don't know. That's the only other thing I can think of. Okay. Yeah. What do you do when you do archery? You do archery, but you're an archer. You're an archer. So you're a carpenter doing carpentry. You're an archer doing archery. Oh, yeah. Okay. And on the that, more uh, you know. on that bombshell, uh, it's been another episode. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed. Um, maybe I should make the Spotify uh, episode like photo the um the, the, the garage door yeah the picture of the door <laughs> or maybe my car well you know i'm sure you'll you'll see it if you're listening to this on spotify you or apple already music. seen it you would have been looking at it the whole time yeah, and you'd be like what the hell are they doing what are they doing? but uh bye bye